Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pipeline Superheroes podcast. Today, we have Chris Buetti, founder and CEO of Lionize. Um, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. As well, as well. I got another New Yorker on the uh, on this on the podcast today. It's been fake spring recently. It's been raining one day, nice the next, but I think we're the the lights at the end of the tunnel for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hope. Let's yeah, let's hope. But anyway, we were just talking mm-hmm. offline about the founding journey of Lion Eyes, and we'd love to dive in there and find out how uh, it became your mission. Yeah, absolutely. So. Lioness is a really interesting founding story, and I'm sure you've heard that a hundred times, right? Everyone is like, oh, look, mm-hmm. look at me, I have this crazy story. But mine's actually definitely a little bit unique, and it all kind of happened naturally. So I come from more of a technical background. I have a degree in computational mathematics, um, and I worked most of my corporate career in either data science or engineering roles. And I started off at Dish Network. Um, then I hopped over to NBC and I was working, my first job was as a data scientist. So it was really like mathy. It was coming up with predictive models or trying to explain it to stakeholders and things like that. And then I really wanted to get a little bit more technical, become a software engineer. So I basically taught myself how to program a little bit better, hopped over to NBC and worked as a, a backend engineer. And about six months into it, I realized I missed the data science side of things and I wanted to get back into it. So I applied for a job at the NBA. I'm a huge basketball fan, diehard Knicks fan, unfortunately, going to the game tomorrow, actually. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I always wanted to work at the NBA. It was like my dream job. And they had a data science position. So I applied and I got very quickly shut down. Um, and and I, I knew someone kind of, I knew someone there in like more of the, the HR department. And I said, Hey, you know, I have some feedback here. Like, it doesn't even seem like they took the time to look at my application. And he said to me, well, look, the NBA doesn't really hire anyone unless for this position, unless they have their master's or their PhD. I said, well, is there any way around that? Like, is there anything I can do? And, and they said to me, well, what you could do is you could do a cool like project or something like that, that will be the only thing I can think of, you know, that's what I've seen in the past. It's okay. Um, and I sat there and I thought about it. And at first I was going to do something about basketball, right? I actually did my thesis in college about like an algorithm to try to predict that basketball shot. So I had the work already. And I decided that I would take a different route to try to be a little bit different. And during, during my initial like pre-screeners and talks I had with this guy, they were mentioning that at the NBA, they were trying to use social media influencers. They wanted to find these gamer accounts and fan accounts to promote League Pass and 2K and things like that. And they were really struggling. They couldn't use the players and they couldn't use college athletes at the time because it wasn't legal. So they had to get unique and it, it became very difficult for them. So what I ended up doing is I ended up a project that essentially was all of these influencer marketing tools. And the idea was that I would send it to them and be like, hey, look, I, when it comes to data science and programming, I know what I'm doing. And when it comes to influencer marketing, which is clearly a pain point for you, I also know what I'm doing, right? Um, And I I did this project. And what happened is I sent it over to the NBA, got the job, which was great. So had my dream job, worked there as a data scientist for about a year. What happened is this project I did for the interview at the NBA went viral. Um, Essentially, what I had done is I had made like a robo-influencer. And this influencer was able to 
kind of mimic and do exactly what these real influencers were doing and eventually receive the same perks, right? And BuzzFeed wrote a story about it. Uh, it was on NPR. They invited me on CNBC to talk about it. Um, they invited me on Cheddar to talk about it, and it, went, it blew up. And I had all of these companies reaching out to me left and right saying, hey, I saw this project you did. We're trying to use influencers. It seems like you know what you're doing. Can you come help us? Uh, and it was like my inbox was flooded, flooded with these companies reaching out to me. And I realized there's there's a market for this, right? There's This mm -hmm. is something people are trying to do. So I left the NBA to pursue it back in 2019. I uh, For the first few months, I operated as what I consider like a freelancer or, or a consultancy, if you will. I would reach out to these companies, say, how, how can I help you? What can I build for you? They would tell me. I eventually, I heard the same problems over and over again put it into a software platform and raise some money and start building it. I released it in 2021 and have been kind of fully operational since then. Like you said, I've raised some, I raised some venture capital funding last summer. So I raised $3 million from a fund called Cultivation Capital and followed on by another fund called SCOP out in Santa Barbara, California. Um, and kind of have just been uh, operating since. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Really? That's awesome. Um, also a big NBA fan. It's very funny that you did all of this to make it to the NBA and then you made it out of the NBA. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's also really interesting, just the idea of having sort of, a, you know, um, an automatic system do this is, you know, all I do is talk about AI all day with people on sales calls and clients and why are we using AI for this and how about mm -hmm. AI for that? So it sounds like a real interesting application in its own right. Um, Cool. And then, so who would you say is like the ideal customer for Lion Eyes at this time? Like, you know, it sounds like you did some consulting work and, and you mm -hmm. did some freelancing, but like, how are you trying to scale the product as well? Yeah. So when we built the product, um, there was one kind of core thing we had in mind, right? So when we had got into this world, influencer marketing was getting, was just starting to get popular. And back then when you thought of an influencer, you thought of like a Kim Kardashian or a Logan Paul or someone Right. You know, huge. And now we're, we talk about the micro influencer and the nano influencer and, and all of these things. And all, since all these companies are trying to get into it, there's only so many Logan balls of the world, right? And not every brand has the money to spend it on, to spend on someone that big. And they want to kind of reach out to these more niche influencers and things like that. So that's kind of where we decided to focus. And the people who usually want to do that are brands that at least tried it to some degree and I want to scale up their efforts. So for us, you know, the best fit is a mid to bigger size company that has tried influencer marketing to some degree, has seen the benefits and now really want to scale their efforts because using our platform, we can work with hundreds and thousands of influencers uh, all at once. It makes it really easy to do that. So that's kind of who we're, we're really targeting. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I also find that like, to your point, influencer marketing is sort of nascent as a channel. I mean, I know that a lot of consumer folks are, you know, pretty locked in on it. Like you can think of any sort of consumer product, like I, what comes to mind obviously is like, you know, uh, oh, what's her name? Not Kendall Jenner. Who's the other one? Who's the other, who's Kendall Jenner's sister? 
Kylie. Ki- Kylie. The Kylie lip gloss. Like that's the ultimate yeah. influencer story. So I'm, I'm actually proud of myself that I blanked on that name for a second. <laughs> but anyway, like I just think that influencer marketing as a channel and like the tool and the sophistication is still like very nascent because you think about, okay, where does influencer technology, like where does influencer marketing happen? It's Instagram. And even within Instagram, like I don't think a lot of the you know, top uh, influencers like have much of a profile or much of a website that doesn't exist within these channels. So like, you know, and putting my B2B cap on, I also think that's very interesting because there are folks that are really well respected. Like I was talking with uh, a signed partner the other day and she was like, oh yeah, this, like she does video prospecting, like this video prospecting company paid for me to go to this conference. I was like, okay, that's like a very, you know, basic form of influence marketing, but like in the B2B space, it's like totally a white space. So curious yeah. how you think about like how that develops and what new channels we'll see it in. Yeah. You know, when it comes to influencer marketing, it's different, right? It's, it, it's, it's very different because when you think of other avenues of marketing, right? Like you think of like a TV commercial or a billboard or a direct response or something like that. Like it's very well defined, right? Like you film like a commercial, you film a video, you put it on the television for 30 seconds during the break of some show, right? Like it's like, I can define that very easily. When it comes to influencer marketing, it's like, it's whatever you want it to be, right? Um, so, you know, it's, it's just a kind of like a, it's it's a much higher level than all these things. And you can use these influencers in all these different ways, right? You know, I've heard stories where, um, you know, we, it's funny, we were both joking about how we have a company's names are hats right now, right? I've heard these stories about how um, companies, what they'll do is they'll reach out to an influencer and say, hey, I don't ever want you to advertise like directly, but I want you to have my hat on when you make your videos. And if you just have my hat on in, 20 videos, I'll pay a thousand dollars or something like that. It's just kind of like a liminal advertising, right? There's other times where you could say, Hey, look, I want you to host an influencer event. I want you to get all your people who are really into what you do, get them physically at somewhere, right? And we'll cater the whole thing and we'll sponsor the whole thing, right? There's other times where you have influencers just talking about a product pretty directly, right? So it's very fluid. It's very how you can do it. So it, it can be used in a million different ways. And I think it can drip into Number every channel, every channel, everyone could be an influencer. It you know it really depends how creative you can decide to get with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then to that point, like, what do you think has been a successful growth channel for your own business? Have you like you know are you doing more of a traditional B two B go to market plan? Or are you sprinkling in some of your own influencer marketing? Yes. Yeah, so we have a we have a a little bit of both. So when before we did our fundraising. Um, we were really bootstrapped. We were really kind of just guerrilla marketing, uh, me and my co-founder doing what we can naturally. I lucked out compared to a lot of other companies I'm sure you've talked to because I had that press from the, the you know, my article going viral that I was telling you about. Um, so I still to this day have people see that and reach out to me. And that's how I really got my you know, my first kind of clients and I really lucked out in that sense. But now that we've done our funding, we've kind of gotten into the more traditional, you know, growth strategies, the more like the buzzwords, right? The SEO, the pay ads and things like that have been really helping us. Uh, you know, what I have found as a, a strategy is that works pretty well for me is um, I, I'm, I think one of my strengths is, is networking, right? Getting around and, and, offering to help when I can and then asking for help in return. I'm not, a, I'm not shy of that. 
Um, so, you know, what I've done is I've kind of hired a, a kind of had a salesperson that can kind of handle the kind of the more organic leads coming in, right? The ones that come in from our outbound, right? They can, you can handle those. You can do those discovery calls and et cetera. Um, and then what I do is I focus on kind of the bigger fish. So the bigger companies we work with um, and my co-founder does the same, right? Um, and the way we do that is kind of more, you know, networking, you know, what we'll do, like what we'll really do is we'll go to a company on LinkedIn. Um, we'll go to their employees we'll find who we're like mutually connected or have mutual connections with and ask them to make an intro for us. Um, and I've actually taken this method and automated it, right? So like I have a, a script that I could literally put in and it, like for, let's just say Coca-Cola, it will mm -hmm. find all the employees at Coca-Cola, find all the mutual connections. Um, and I actually have at this point a database of which of my connections, like I feel comfortable asking for like introductions with and like basically automates the whole thing. So I, I've, use a traditional way of doing it, but I've also gotten a little bit creative in other ways that, is, that have helped me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely valuable. And like, I think that when you're about to start a business, you sort of, I mean, for you, it was your own unique story, but you sort of take inventory of your own network and understand yep. like, okay, my journey's let me here. I'm sort of suited more than other people for this problem. And like leveraging your network is is definitely something we do. I mean, like, what you're describing is sort of like the founder-led sales, like the network phase of that. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of companies do that and they validate PMF in their own, you know, whatever heuristic, there's not one heuristic for a PMF. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, how do you expand into new growth channels? It sounds like you have awesome organic uh, traffic that way, but curious, like what's worked from that and like sort of what messaging has worked like, because I think that like, you know, a personal connection goes a long way. Like there's mm -hmm. nothing like reputation in sales. I mean, that's what case studies are. That's what logos on your website are. That's what like, you know, G2 crowd, like that can't be, um, that can't be shortcutted and it can't be faked. Mm -hmm. But curious, like what, what have you found in terms of the, the realm of what we call demand creation, which is anywhere from outbound to, you know, uh, paid marketing that has worked? Like what are sort of people looking for? Yeah. So, you know, this kind of goes back to when I was describing my ICP to you as someone who has tried influencer marketing, um, at least to some degree and wants to scale it up. So, you know, what we found is we, we found that out the hard way, right? So we spent a lot of time and effort marketing to people in a way that we were convincing them to use influencer marketing, right? So, we were like, hey, you're a direct-to-consumer brand. You're perfect, you know, for influencer marketing. You should try it out. And, you know, that became a struggle because there was a lot of education we had to do, right? And that sales cycle was really elongated, you know? So what we decided to do is say, hey, look, let's figure out the people that know this already. Find a way to target those people and do it. So what we'll do is we'll actually find companies, um, influencer posts, like we'll go to influencers find their posts, see the brands that they're doing it for and reach out to those brands. And I think we've been able to tune the messaging that way and saying like, Hey, look, we saw you, you saw your post with, you know, this friend guy, you know, that you, you did, why don't we take that and explode it? Right. And, and we're really talking their language at that point. So there's been a lot of trial, uh, you know, trialing and figuring out what works. Um, but that's kind of something that we felt has stuck lately. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that like the the vision for this business and like what part of the future could be is that like necessarily what you just described is folks that have invested in influencer programs, 
you necessarily make it better. You make it more efficient, you make it cheaper, better ROAS, which is like yep. sort of what a marketing agency does at its core. But to the same point, like I think as you build up your brand and it sounds like, you know, through your, your virality and also just like your website and your own LinkedIn brand, you've been able to like establish, okay, like this is a tool that is effective for the growth of companies, not just people that are only focused on influencers. So I guess right. like, how do you think about um, Lionize as a way to like necessarily educate potential customers that yes, they should invest in influencer marketing. And like, you know, how much of a thought is that for you? Yeah. So I think we're kind of lucky in the fact that we're catching this wave decently organically, right? Uh, it seems like most people that live in this world have at least heard like from a high level that influencer marketing is, you know, it's something people need to get into, right? It's something that is driving a lot of ROI for people. Uh, but it is something that we are thinking about a lot lately. How do we, in a more scalable way, educate people on what influencer marketing is, how does it work, et cetera? Because the last thing we want to do is get on the phone you know, with a prospect and explain to them how influencer marketing works, right? Mm -hmm. We want them mm -hmm. to have that knowledge upfront. So you know, my co-founder and I were actually putting a lot of thought and effort into this and to like building educational materials um, so that people can actually learn about influence marketing. That way they're coming to us with some knowledge um, and actually being able to, to just kind of get them going once they already understand it. Mm -hmm. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And like, um, you know, you have great case studies on your website. Is there any other like customer examples you'd like to highlight as something that really like um, illustrates the value of the platform? Yeah, I think there's one that I love to show clients um, because I, I actually, I wish I could take credit for this, but I can't. I have a client who came up with this um, and granted I am, I'm not, we're not an agency, right? So we're really not in the business of like, coming up with the strategy of influencer marketing and things like that. Um, we're kind of just the platform that makes it all happen. Um, that being said, we did release a new line called the managed service uh, a couple months ago, where we'll actually do all of that for our clients. Um, but you know, one of our clients came up with a really good use case that I love to show people. And essentially it was a, um, it was a fitness brand and it was a brand new fitness brand. And, he was putting his stuff out there and no one was really biting at it. Right. And, you know, we, we kind of talked back and forth and we're like, look, you know, no one knows about your brand right now. Like, and I get influencer marketing is a way to get it out there, but there's gotta be a reason someone would choose this over Nike or Adidas or something like that. And we started talking and I said, you know, what type of marketing is working for you? And he said, email marketing works great. Email marketing is great. You know, we take people that have bought off our website, we retarget them, we give them ads, you know, give them discounts and things like that. And uh, it works really well. And it's it's an industry standard. Email marketing on a curated list works very well. So we said, why don't we get the influencers instead of having the followers try to make them buy something? Because you know that's a that's a decision. Someone has to take their credit card out. What if we get them to just drop their email somewhere, right? And then we can layer on additional marketing on top of them, right? And and that's what we did. So instead of just ha having these influencers post by this brand, right? He had these influencers post about a this really big giveaway that the brand was doing. This brand was giving away thousands and thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. And 
the influencers were just saying, hey, you don't have to buy anything right now, but they're doing this giveaway. All you have to do is enter your email and you'll be part of it. You could you could potentially win something. And the only people who are going to take the time to do that are people that are actually interested in potentially getting what this brand has to offer, right? No random person is just going to do this. They're going to at least be somewhat interested. It's an easier decision, right? No one has to take out their credit card. No one has to buy things. It's just, I want to be part of this, this sweepstakes. Here's my email, et cetera. Now he got, he's got those emails in, he knows it's curated and he's layering email marketing on top of that, basically saying, Hey, this was the winner. You know, for those who didn't get the winner, we're doing another giveaway. Oh, but don't worry. Don't uh, we're still here for you. We're going to give you a 50% discount on these items. Here's use this code. And he's actually able to layer marketing on top of that, which I thought was a really interesting use case of influencer marketing. It's a way to actually catch potential customers instead of direct customers. And mm -hmm. I thought that was really good. And he's really later layered on that. And it's really working well for him. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just a great way to hack and get a lot of data. Um, mm -hmm. I always wonder if people win those like famous sweepstakes, but that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. um, cool. As we wrap up, let's do two minutes on the NBA. I'm also a massive basketball fan. Um, people always frown when I tell them this, but I'm a diehard Golden State Warriors fan. Mm -hmm. So nobody ever wants to hear that. But yeah. you think the Knicks can make it uh, out of the second round or you think like... Uh, they don't have the talent because right now I think they're at the five seeds, so they have to deal with Giannis. I'm, I'm rooting for the Philly New York round one mm -hmm. series just because of like Embiid doing the Trey Young role on steroids in the city. Oh, I couldn't imagine yeah. it'd be so much fun. Well, here's the thing I, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, like diehard. I watch, I watch every single game, don't miss a game. Um, and I'm a diehard New York Jets fan. And mm -hmm. I don't know how Oof. much you know about the, co the college world. I'm a diehard Wake Forest fan where I went to college. Okay. Okay terrible teams all of them and mm -hmm. i am just demoralized at this point so i am not the type of fan that you know that's gonna pretend like we're gonna do great things i, I kind of set my expectations right last time in the playoffs two years ago julius randall really did not do well he you is know. our he is our our you know our bloodline and I'm, I'm afraid he'll hit that same again. I also think donovan mitchell is one of the most underrated players that we've seen in the nba in a while i think donovan mitchell it's amazing. So I'm really scared for that matchup. Honestly, I think I'd rather play yeah. a different team. So yeah, I'm, yeah, little, fair I'm scared. Um, okay, okay. What, do, what do we think about the West over there though? The Warriors, that's, that's a mess. I mean, they're a very unserious team right now, frankly. Like I just, you know, you watch them like the road record is its own thing and like whether or not they're actually bad. Like, you know, you hear about like these classic good teams having the switch or not. And like, it's sort of self-aggrandizing. Oh, we can turn on the switch when we don't. I don't know. I think like my, my honest take, like, is they are extremely satisfied with the championship last year to prove they could do it without Kevin Durant and the fire is not there. They maybe turn it on for the playoffs when, you know, these guys have been to five final or six finals. It's really hard to like get up for a game, even if the game sort of matters for a seeding perspective. But, yeah. you know, I, I hope that that changes in the playoffs, but yeah. Hey, if all it makes you stuff, feel any yeah. better. If you makes it feel any better, two weeks ago I put money down the Warriors one in the finals. Okay. Because okay. I do, I do think they are one of those teams that can literally turn it on whenever they want. So we'll see. Yeah. Look, I mean, it could be a smart bet. I, uh, you know. Um. But any case, Chris, uh, as we wrap up for real now, is there anything else you'd like to promote um to the audience? Yeah. No. Look, uh, when it comes to influence marketing, me or my team, we're always happy to help, whether you work with us or you don't. Because, you know, it could be a mutually beneficial thing. If you want to come to us, tell us if you're thinking in the world of influencers, we'll learn, right? We'll be able to understand what people in the, the, the market are thinking about when it comes to influencer marketing. And from us, you can get years and years and years of experience uh, as a response. So 
know, whether you're thinking about using influencer marketing right now in the future, just getting started, or maybe you're an expert, we're happy to hear from you and help out any way we can. Awesome. Like that a lot. All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining today. Absolutely.